Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. to the ultimate NBA season preview podcast presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. This week, we'll be visiting five groups of teams that we have dubbed the contenders, the tankers, the debatables, the playoff hopefuls, and the teams on the rise. Today, we're going to deep dive into the debatables group, teams that have huge major questions attached to each of them. The Philadelphia 76ers, Golden State Warriors, Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Clippers, Portland Trailblazers, and the Dallas Mavericks. Today, you'll hear from both our Locked On local experts and Odyssey analysts. Let's start by hearing from one of those analysts, NBA champion and the White Mamba himself, Brian Scalabrini, on the team with maybe the biggest question in the NBA, the Philadelphia 76ers. All right, so let's start out with some of the teams that have the biggest question marks. And there's the Philadelphia 76ers, Golden State Warriors, Dallas Mavericks, Clippers, Denver Nuggets and Portland Trailblazers. Let's start out with the Philadelphia 76ers. Obviously, Ben Simmons' situation in flux. Now, I liked the Sixers last year. I thought Ben Simmons makes a huge impact. A lot of people told me that Ben Simmons is going to have an issue in the playoffs because he can't shoot. And I know people do overreact to him not being able to shoot threes. And I think that's part of the game. I think sometimes they ignore all the other things that he does so well. I don't think that he could be your point guard. And I do think he could be a basketball player. And we're entering into a world of positionless basketball. You know, Ben Simmons is more valuable in my world than other people. And I, and I, can, I understand that. But here's the thing. You cannot, under any circumstance, play a guy who's afraid to have the ball in the fourth quarter. And this isn't new. It, it had to happen in the playoffs to hit people smack dab in the face for them to see it. Ben Simmons has never been a big-time fourth-quarter player in a tight game. He doesn't want the ball. He doesn't want to get fouled. He doesn't want the loss to fall on him. So Philadelphia is probably going to have to trade him, and then there comes the problem. Right now, everyone's optimistic about making the playoffs. Everyone believes one way or another that they are going to have this great season, overachieve, and every player on their team is going to have the best season possible. But we as we know that doesn't happen in the NBA. So as of right now, not a lot of great trade opportunities for Ben Simmons. They probably should have traded him around the draft. They didn't. Probably a lot of people don't want to have Ben Simmons as your first or second best player. But I would say this. If I was a Golden State Warriors, I would look into it. If I was the... Brooklyn Nets with the Kyrie situation, I would look into it. Ben Simmons can have a big-time impact for a team if he's your third-best player. And I'm talking championship-level impact, as long as he's not required to carry the team in a tight game of the fourth quarter. So Philadelphia, I could see him being a fifth seed. Uh, This thing is not too big of a distraction. If they get a halfway decent player, I still like their group. I like them in the regular season. I don't expect them to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they could be a first-round exit. They can blame it all on Ben Simmons, and that's probably what will happen. All right, and welcome to the Locked On NBA Podcast Host Roundtable back in the Odyssey Ultimate Preview. The NBA season is upon us, gentlemen. My name is Nick Engstead. I am the host of the Locked On Mavericks Podcast. been covering the Mavericks for six years now. I've been a credentialed media member. I've been writing, covering the team. And I host the Locked On Mavericks podcast, and uh, I'm excited to talk about some Luka Doncic today, guys. <laughs> I'm sure you are. That makes total sense. <laughs> Sitting I'm next excited to-, to talk about Luka, too. That's good. <laughs> Sitting next to me virtually is uh, Positive Chuck Mockler. Yeah, hey, what's going on? I am uh, Positive Chuck Mockler, host over at Locked On Clippers. Been covering the team for about five years, credentialed for five, because that's how the Clippers do things. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm excited to talk about why the Clippers are still going to be good without Kawhi Leonard. And I am your past first point guard, host of Lockdown Blazers, Mike <laughs> Richmond. 
Oh, I've been doing it for a while. I'm not going to give you all a timeline, but I've been covering the Blazers for as long as pretty much Damon Lord's been around, and I'll probably be here once he's gone, too. I just realized I'm the only one here without a nickname. Positive Chuck Mockler, pass first point guard. Hey, when I first joined the network, we were told that we had to create our own nickname, so this is what's done. <laughs> well, I call, I call Isaac the one more thing king every day, so he's got a nickname. I guess that works. Uh, All right, we're going to get into some big questions about the debatables. These are a group of teams that we have determined as teams that have massive, huge questions to them. So, obviously, I cover the Mavericks, the Clippers, Blazers represented, Sixers, Warriors, and Nuggets we're going to talk about as well because those teams are just, I mean, they have some huge questions, the Sixers specifically, uh, massive questions for them. So, let's just start with the first one. What's the biggest question mark for your team? We'll, We'll start with the Dallas Mavericks here. There's two, I think, for the for the Mavericks, and I, I'd actually like to get your guys' opinion. Which one from the outside you think is a bigger question mark? Jason Kidd and Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis, <laughs> it's kind of obvious. It's the it's the injury stuff. It's can he stay healthy for a whole year? I'm going to do the bit one more time where I'm going to take a drink because he's healthy going into this offseason for the first time, and like so many people have said that. Mark Cuban has said that. Coaching staff has said that. He's said that. It's just become a bit on our podcast. So Porzingis is healthy coming into the offseason. He was, he's been looking a little bit better in, in preseason, at least defensively, the way he moves and the way he's able to get to shots and things like that. And so that seems to be positive. But can he become the player, the all-star level at least player that he was in New York? Can he continue to find his way in the offense? And then how is Jason Kidd going to – you know, run this team. How is he going to try to be different than Carlisle? We're seeing a couple things here and there that are different already, but that's going to be a big question mark. Can he be a, a coach that leads a team into you know winning a playoff series? He hasn't done that yet in his career, and he's <laughs> d- not done a lot in his coaching career, really, besides being assistant coach for the Lakers. So, actually, let, let me just throw this to you guys. Which one do you think is a bigger question mark for the Mavs, uh, Jason Kidd or Porzingis? For me, it's Chris Dapps because talent is more important than coaching. Uh, you can overcome dummies. Like everyone thought that Mike Budenholzer was the worst coach in the NBA and they're ready to fry <laughs> his ass and all this stuff. And then they get a better roster and they win the title. Like it's just the thing that you'd rather have is more talent. Uh, I'm not worried about Jason Kidd posting up Chris Dapps, Porzingis a whole bunch. That's just a weird thing he's going to do during the regular season. If if he's the defender that he was in 2018-19, the Mavs have a chance to be really good. If he is the dude who gets roasted and people chase down and pick and rolls and uh, you you end up playing him off the floor and you got to find ways to get Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleber in closing lineups, that's that the Mavs aren't a good team. That they're, they're what they are is they're solid, but they're not one of these teams that can win a championship. Without Chris Dapps at his defensive peak, they are merely a fun team to watch each evening. Damn, a little harsh at the end. Um, <laughs> I I kind of agree. I think Chris Stapps, I don't know what evidence there is for him to be better at defense. I just, it just we haven't really seen it since those, those couple years. But I think hiring Jason Kidd, uh, I think Chris Stapps is the bigger kind of red flag issue. But Jason Kidd, there's a whole bunch of baggage that comes with Jason Kidd. And like you said, he's never a, a playoff Like. He did have young Giannis for sure. It wasn't what Giannis is now and stuff like that. But I just don't know if he can get Pat. Like, cause we talked about it kind of before we started recording how the Clippers and Mavs are going to be seeing each other a lot in the playoffs these next handful of years. Um, and these past couple of years, I mean, he's not out coaching Ty Lue. Like when it comes to, when it comes to coaching about, it, I just don't see Jason Kidd being able to do that. Uh, but I think, I think Luca will be able to maximize Chris Stapps and the role that Jason Kidd wants him to be in offensively which will maybe outweigh the defensive issues. Yeah, the, the answer to both of these questions is how much can Luka Doncic elevate them <laughs> right, yeah. above these two things, right? It just He just becomes the answer to so many questions. And uh, yeah, that's the, that's the way it kind of has to be. Let's move over to the the Clippers. What's the biggest question mark for the Los Angeles Clippers? Positive <laughs> well, the, big, mark, right? the biggest question mark is what does this team look like without Kawhi Leonard for more than usual? Because we've seen a lot what this team looks like without Kawhi Leonard because that's the nature of having Kawhi Leonard as your 1A. Um, but the question mark is what can this team look like without Kawhi Leonard? And that, I mean, goes into can Paul George play like he did in the playoffs for the entire season the thing about uh the the sort of playoff p moniker is that paul george mostly (laughs) kicked ass in the playoffs until he started calling himself playoff p and then he finally got over it once we made fun of him enough and started to kick ass in the playoffs again uh 
th that just seems like a heavy load for him for 80 games is the thing I, I would worry about with him. Like he's awesome. Uh, Paul George oh, is like absolutely. A Paul George is a meme, and people are mean to him because he's a meme. And his his the thing he's worst at is talking into a microphone. Um, he's thank awesome you. at basketball. Thank you, he thank is, you. He, we say that so much on Locked On Clips, which is <laughs> the the worst part of Paul George's game is his interviews. Like, yeah, like he, he has a driver's seat quote. He's he should not be given a microphone. He's he, he's one of he just does almost everything well on the basketball court. And oh man, once he gets off it, it's bad news. Um, yes. <laughs> so I worry a little bit about the, the, just the load for Paul George, like, um, but he's capable of being a top tier star. I think we all thought like, oh, he's a two when he was next to Russell Westbrook or like the second guy is what I mean by that next to Westbrook yeah. and quite quite Leonard. But then when they gave him the keys to the truck, man, he, um, he was really, really good. So I, I think the Clippers are still going to be good. Um, it's just hard to win a championship when you're missing someone as good as Kawhi Leonard is. And that's the vacuum, right? Like I think, I think people saw that Kawhi Leonard went down and there's, you know, we all spend probably too much time on Twitter and <laughs> especially NBA Twitter and people are like, oh, well, the Clippers might not even be a play-in team. And it's like, well, the I understand the disrespect is there for the Clippers, but losing Kawhi is a lot, but we still have Paul George. We still have a very capable coach in Ty Lue who changed a lot about the game. So it's really just going to be, and how many games does Paul George play? He's not playing 80 games. Like he, he just won't. Um, right. And I don't think he should. So, I mean, Nick, what do you see? Do you foresee a Clippers, Mavs, Kawhi less playoff matchup this season? Like, it kind of seems like things are trending that way. Oh, considering the, <laughs> considering the way the last two years went, I sure hope so. It's Kawhi less, right? Because, man, dude, that guy was so good in the past yeah. in last year's playoffs. Like, they, that team totally he was peaking. Could've... We truly were peaking, and then Joe Ingles sidestepped a couple inches, and, and we're here where we are now. We forget Kawhi Leonard was a bucket in, the, in those in that series, right? Like, God but he really was. Forty-eight points in that game six that just kind of, I mean, if the Mavericks had won that game, obviously the series would have been over. But uh, yeah, that would have just been a brutal blow to that Clippers team, and he just put him on his back, and it it destroyed his knees, I guess. Apparently, in the so process. fun fact, fun fact about game two of the Clippers game two loss against the Mavericks in the first round that is year to date the Locked On Clippers most listened to podcast. The loss, the loss of game two against oh, the Mavs last people. It's you not poor us. People. It's Mavs fans, bro. I'm telling you, our mo our heaviest listens are when the Clippers lose. That's oh, we sent everybody over to your podcast. We're like, just listen to the misery over there. Well, I love the replies because we got a couple of reviews who were like, "Look, like we came to gloat, but you guys just generally sound so sad and had pretty level-headed <laughs> takes." And I was like, "What do you want us to do?" <laughs> Let's move over to the Blazers. What's the biggest question mark for the uh, Portland Trailblazers, Mike Richmond? Uh, it is, it, did they do enough? And did they, all summer long, The Damian Lord was, for the first time in his career, said, I want more from this team. And he's probably said that behind the scenes a bunch. Um, he's had his fingertips on a bunch of things. Um, the Carmelo Anthony move is a Damian Lord move. The Hassan Whiteside move before that was a Damian Lord move. Like he's, <laughs> he is the, in the way that uh, superstars get to control some personnel, Dame has controlled some personnel, but he's never done it in public. And this summer for the first time he said, give me, we need a better roster. Give me what I need to get there. And they delivered. Uh, Larry Vance Jr. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, like, uh... and Ben McLemore. <laughs> and, Quite frankly, um, I'm pretty, if, if my listeners to my podcast will know, but if you're not familiar, please listen to Lockdown Blazers. But like, I'm pretty pessimistic when it comes to this, this team. <laughs> I think they're better. Like, I think they're better, but did they do enough to get to that next tier? Did they do enough to be a team that can win a, a playoff round and then go further? I like Larry Nance Jr. I think he's going to be a really fun basketball player to watch. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you guys right. think? Do you think they're better, like wholly better to the point where you would pick them to win a playoff series? Um, obviously there's some teams you absolutely wouldn't against, but like, do you see them say they'd match up either hell against Dallas or the Clippers? Do you, would you pick them to win a playoff series? I mean, I, I wouldn't against Dallas. I don't think, I just don't think that they have anybody to, to slow Luca down. And then in the paint, I mean, is Nurkic going to be able to do any damage in there? Are they going to be, is their offense going to be able to hold up? Like, there's a lot of big question marks there, I think, for sure. But, yeah, they're another one of these teams. And the Mavs sort of did the same thing, where they got a little bit better, but was it enough? Was it enough to get where they actually want to go? And I'm not sure the Blazers got that much better. They are still a solid team, though. And if everybody stays yeah, healthy, last, last season the Blazers dealt with a ton of injuries, too, right? right. And guys were out all the time and just didn't have this, the squad together. But if you have that, 
you know, Nurkic, Covington, Nance, McCollum, Lillard, and then every once in a while maybe switch in Norman Powell for one of those bigs, right? Like, then all of a sudden that that's a team that can it can beat somebody in the playoffs probably. I'm not sure it's the Mavericks. I don't think that it's the <laughs> Lakers. I don't think that it's, you know, there's just a bunch of teams you can start. The Suns probably. You can start yeah, I wouldn't down pick teams. them against Phoenix. I wouldn't pick them against, I maybe would pick them against Utah because I'm a hater, but like. Um, <laughs> I mean, but historically against the Clippers, Dame isn't doing anything. Like right, his numbers perfect. against the Clippers are bad. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of negates them in a seven game series. But They're his numbers gonna... against Paul George are really good though. So does that maybe offset that? Not since he's been with the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more about the laundry. It's more yeah, about the laundry. Exactly. This might make me, I already said I'm a hater, but this might make me a hater. I think Luca is just a, a more of a ceiling raiser than Dame is. Um, I just think he... Like, Not a floor raiser? I think is, I think Luca's is both, a floor raiser. He's too. both, but I think like the, the Mavs, like they're fine, but I just think like fine plus Luca is a shot. And I think fine plus Dame is, we kind of know the deal. That's a great, um, that's a good and, point, yeah. That I mean, listen at Mike D. Rich on Twitter. I apologize, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really, I really believe it. Like I just, I think, I think we kind of know the story with this team, and I think they're going to be solid and entertaining and competitive again. But I don't think they took that next step, and that might mean that next summer they look very, very different. Let's move on to uh, quickly get to the the Nuggets, Warriors, and Sixers, the teams here that we're also talking about on this episode. The Nuggets, the biggest question for them, the Jamal Murray one is obvious. It's a little bit like Kawhi, but he's supposed to come back a little bit earlier. He's maybe supposed to come back in February or March. The big question, the obvious one is what can he look like? What is he going to look like? That's their, if their championship window is going to be open this season, he has to come back and look really good. I think the, the maybe the sneakier, you know, big question for them outside of Jamal Murray is, what can Michael Porter Jr. do? Or can Michael Porter Jr. take enough of a load offensively, enough of a load for this team, be good enough on defense and all that, raised to the level of I can be the secondary on this team and we can, con- you know, we can contend. I think his defense is what's going to doom them. Um, I don't – he's still going to get hunted out, I think, on the defensive end. He's still a young player. He's very good. He's very confident, as we all know. As a Clippers fan, I was very mixed on him as a draft pick. Obviously, it would have been better than Jerome Robinson, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> Who's keeping tabs on that? Maybe. Um <laughs> But I think his defense is what's going to doom him. And I think there's going to be games where he just doesn't have it. And he's still going to try and have it. And it it, it might put them into a seed where they don't want to be. I'm a Michael Porter Jr. believer. I'm a I'm a I'm a full fledged. I'm like I'm on the boat. Like I'm I'm like doing the George Washington at the front of the boat, pointing across the Delaware. I'm a believer. Yeah. I, I think he's a, like I think he's a star. Um Maybe not. So the so the Nuggets they paid him like yeah, they that paid huge him. contract, and they should have like that's the well, yeah, crazy I mean, contract to give a player like that. Six ten and that shooting ability, he showed some real rebounding chops. Um, he went from being horrific on defense to just kind of like normal bad, and I think that's a big step forward. Also, that's if fair. you're it, the best thing to be if you're bad on defense is big, and he's big as hell. So um, yeah. it's the Luka Doncic plan. Like he's just if you're not going to be very good, you might as well be wow. gigantic. Wow, and, the hate, uh, the hate coming from now it's coming to other teams now. The hate from Mike. <laughs> I watched one of the worst defensive teams in the league. I know what it looks like. I know what it looks like. Yeah, I can yeah. diagnose it. Well, and like Porter Jr. is going to be able to carry him through the the regular season, right? right? It's just when when it comes down to a playoff. When the bench series, is shortened and all that stuff, he's going to get hunted. He's going to get hunted into actions that put him into other worst defenders. Sure. And and Malone's a great coach. He'll figure out how to hide him. But when it gets to crunch time, I guarantee you that any game winning shot that is against the Nuggets, he will be in the frame. Sure. The Golden State Warriors, again, it's a very similar situation. The, the biggest question for them is Clay Thompson. What can, what can he do? When can he come back? It looks like, you know, people have talked about Christmas, but now we're here in, you know, January for him to come back. He's coming back from even more than Jamal Murray. I think that's even a, a bigger question mark for them. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the huge one for them. Because if not, they're the exact same team as last year, just with some other young players. Maybe James Wiseman takes a step forward but he would have to take a pretty big step forward to make an impact i think yeah and he hasn't even he's not even back yet is he he's like he's still no. working his way back from injury so yeah i mean they're steph curry's gonna make you a pretty good basketball team uh <laughs> yeah like he's that that and draymond's iq and kind of like give a heck or whatever you want to call it like he just <laughs> yeah you know like if he, he he's just gonna make you they're gonna they're gonna be tough if those two play um two years removed from injury is a long time i mean 
100%. that's what it seems like a, to me that they're i am probably lower i'm i'm more i'm higher on mpj and lower on the warriors maybe than the consensus i've seen people just put the warriors as a like oh automatic top four seed and i'm like i don't get that I, there's I do- still there's and i'm not i've seen steph curry in the playoffs against members a whole bunch we know what steph curry can do but they're banking on clay still being clay kind of 100 percent, which kevin durant did it but that's Kevin Durant, and I'm not trying to say that Clay Thompson is like very much worse than Kevin Durant, but he has to do a lot to get back to that rhythm. Um, and you're banking on Steph, you know, like there's these plateaus for guys like Steph and LeBron. Like, like we know that their step down from the plateau of greatness is still really good, but what is that level in relation to everyone else, and how does that affect heading into the playoffs and stuff like that? We have one Eastern Conference team in this in this episode that we're talking about, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. And we had to put them in this episode because who, who is more debatable right now than the Philadelphia 76ers with the Ben Simmons <laughs> situation? Uh, full disclosure, we're recording this on Saturday, October 9th, and Ben Simmons is still not either reported to camp or been traded. So it's still way up in the air. Uh, and that's the biggest question for them. It's just – it's so easy. Everybody's talked about it so long. You guys have any other thoughts about Ben Simmons, about the Sixers? I'm wondering, and I asked this on, on Locked on NBA on Friday, when do we start talking about the Sixers as a team without him, right? Because of it, they're still going to play basketball. They're playing preseason games without him. They're going to have to go compete without him. Maybe he just doesn't play the whole year and Maury doesn't find a good enough deal. Like Maybe this is a team that acts like Ben Simmons is just hurt the whole year. Are they a playoff team without him? In the I East, think, yeah. I think so, too, yeah. Me, too. I just want to yeah. – that like are they they're probably not a home court advantage team without them. There's too many. No, but Doc Rivers is their coach, so no, they will not be a home court <laughs> oh, advantage team. Um, Didn't they win sixty games or whatever? It's that's what pretty happened? good. And that's pretty what, good before April. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but no, I think I mean, well, like they offered the didn't they offer apparently they offered the Blazers it was three first, three swaps, and CJ McCollum for Benzema, which is insane like they didn't offer they asked for that right yeah they asked right well yeah they might have pitched it as an offer like we'll give you ben simmons um but i think i mean they're gonna but look at who's at the top like they're not gonna go further in the second round and the east is kind of a bloodbath um i think the knicks are gonna kind of repeat what they did they're still gonna believe they can and still be an issue and I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I would just prepare for more letdown if I was a 76 <laughs> It's going to look a lot like not last year, but the year before when they just got ousted in the first round against the, the Celtics, right? Yeah. Like, in the I feel like, it, I feel like it's just going to yeah. yeah in the bubble, right? It's just going to feel like that year all over again. Yeah, they just don't have a point guard because they're missing the, they had an all league point guard. And he's not, he didn't show up. They just don't have that player on the roster right now with all due respect to Tyrese Maxey, who I like, they just don't yeah. have one <laughs> without a huge step forward for, from Maxey or shake Milton or, that's it, right? Like, yeah, they, that's they end of list. End they of also list. won't get a step forward because they have one of the worst coaches for a young player, which <laughs> Man, is Doc Rivers. We are coming for we are coming for Glenn here. Hey, it's okay. Oh, if absolutely. If, if we were talking about a- the pace. If we were talking about the Pacers, we'd be having a similar conversation. <laughs> it took an Avery Bradley ankle injury for Shea to start for the Clippers, so I do not believe in Doc Rivers' ability. Did he turn out good? Shea? Yeah, he turned out okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll have to check in on him. There you go. We'll be back a little bit more talking about the best case scenario to make these teams, the debatables, a title contender. We'll talk about that coming up on the Odyssey Locked On Ultimate Season Preview. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Now let's focus on a team with a wide range of outcomes depending on who you talk to, the Golden State Warriors. First, let's hear Brian Scalabrini's thoughts, and then we'll get Bonte Hill from 97-1 The Game in the Bay Area for his take on why the Warriors might be a championship contender. Let's move on to the Golden State Warriors. Here's how I feel. If Klay Thompson comes back and he is strong, you have to look into uh, trading some of the younger guys. Now, I'm not sure I'd move on Wiseman yet, depending on who's available out there. But you have Wiggins' contract, you have Kaminga, you have Moses Moody, you have Jordan Poole, who has emerged in this preseason as a pretty 
bona fide scorer. So if Clay Thompson comes back and he is anywhere near the level he was before, I think you have to kick the tires on trying to upgrade the roster. But only if there's the right move. You know, you could operate with two timelines. I don't think the Warriors are championship level with their current team. But I do think they could be championship level with a certain trade. I really like the players on their team. You know, I, I do. I would. I would be. I'm in the camp of. I would do it if I was Ben Simmons. I mean, I, if I would do the trade for Ben Simmons. Remember, Ben Simmons the last two seasons led the NBA in assist to three pointers made. Obviously, with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry out there, that would improve. I, I like Draymond Green and Ben Simmons together. A lot of people don't. I think both those guys have incredible defensive instincts to counter, you know, what they have. I, I would love if that were to happen. I'm not sure it is, but I would be really interested in that. But as it speaks right now, let's say Warriors stay status quo. I see the Warriors being a very tough out in the playoffs and could shock some people, like beat a L.A. Lakers or beat a Denver Nuggets type of team because you still have to eliminate Stephen Clay, and we've seen what those guys are capable of when their back is against the wall. What about the Warriors could make them a championship contender this season? Well, they got to get healthy, and that starts with Klay Thompson, the splash brother, the guy everybody in the Bay Area loves. Look, he's missed the last two seasons, and we know what happened in the 2019 NBA Finals when he went up for a dunk and tip, and Danny Green, oh, that dirty Danny Green, went up and tried to block the shot, and Klay tears his knee up. He's out for the season. And then, on draft night, the night we were all supposed to celebrate James Wiseman being selected number two overall, well, the news drops that Klay Thompson tore his Achilles in a pickup game down in L.A., and that set things off on the wrong, wrong foot. So the Warriors, they have to get healthy. Steph has to be Steph. And who says he can't be Steph Curry? He was an MVP candidate last season and probably played the best offensive basketball of his career. Think about the games he had. 30-point streaks, 40-point streaks, the 62-point night against the Portland Trailblazers, the threes that he made. Steph Curry was special, and nobody thought he could do it at the age of 32. Now he's 33, and he looks like he's in the best shape of his career. And then you think about Draymond Green, the enforcer, the junkyard dog. He's coming off a gold medal in Tokyo. You think Draymond's not ready to get back to the playoffs? You think Draymond's not going to play at a high, high level, a level that could net him defensive player of the year so now you got the big three here for their 10th season with Steph Clay Draymond oh and what do you know Andre Iguodala is back in a Warriors uniform the three-time champ and finals MVP in the 2016 finals Iguodala his mentorship to guys like Jonathan Kuminga Moses Moody and James Wiseman will be beneficial for this basketball team then you got two-way wigs and you got automatic Porter Jr. from the three-point line This team can be a contender, but first, they have to stay healthy. And that's how the Warriors will have Steph, Clay, and Dre win their fourth championship here in 2022. All right, we're back with the Lockdown Roundtable on the Odyssey Ultimate NBA Season Preview. Nick Angstead covering the Dallas Mavericks, Charles Mockler covering the Los Angeles Clippers, and Mike Richmond covering the Portland Trailblazers. Best case scenario to make our teams are the teams that we cover, the teams we're talking about in this episode, title contenders. We'll start with the Dallas Mavericks. The best case scenario is just Luka has an incredible you know, MVP level season. He stays healthy through the whole year. He get, he goes into the, to the playoffs and he's rested. He's ready to go. And the Mavericks have hopefully somehow added a secondary creator, maybe a Dragic, somebody like that along the way, a buyout guy maybe. Uh, and Kristaps Porzingis is plays like an all-star. He probably won't be an all-star in the Western Conference, but if he can play like that and just play at least slightly above average defense, I think this team with the right matchups can be, you know, in the NBA Finals. I think with the right injuries, with the right matchups in the in the playoffs, I think they can be right there. So I don't think a ton has to go right, but I think that there are a few things that do, and it's it's Porzingis, uh, maybe Jason Kidd staying out of the way a little bit, maybe no no practices on Christmas probably, maybe that's. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe that's the thing they try to avoid. But yeah, I think those are the big things for the Mavs. Yeah, I mean, the the sort of the the best case scenario of Luca being the best player in the league isn't that like it's not that crazy. It's not like it's not that is a very reasonable it's a, it's a very reasonable idea that he could be the best player, like at least the best offensive force in the league by a lot. Like he's he's just a he's dude's a monster. I was watching him in preseason this week and I was like that he doesn't need we don't need to see any more of this guy in exhibition <laughs> no. season like he's ready to kick ass let's just let's just go ahead and wait for a couple weeks and get him back out here and um, honestly yeah. 
it honestly has looked like one of those like really good players in summer league where you're like, oh, he doesn't have to play the rest of this, right? Like, yeah, in, get in about it so Totally. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that, I mean, it, they, they go as far as Luka takes him. Like, I, that's the thing. If he can be a little better on the defensive end, not like we're not asking him to be, you know, like a, a lockdown defender or anything like that. Yeah, not like Patrick Beverly. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> hey, he's not with the team anymore. Makes total sense. Um, he's been ousted to Minnesota. But I think it go, they go as far as Luca, and I think they go as far as Jason. Like Jason Kidd just has to not alienate Luca. That's that, that's the one thing Jason Kidd has to do is just not make Luca feel like he's not part of kind of calling the shots. And I think if he can do that, they'll go pretty far. Best case scenario to make your team a title contender, Los Angeles Clippers. Chuck Mockler, what you got? Uh, best case scenario, Clippers win 60% of their home games in that first month and a half. Kawhi comes back in April or whatever, and we're the four seed, and we're peaking at the right time. That is, that's best case scenario. And he comes back, and he looks like he did last year. Maybe, maybe it takes him a round or two to get ready, but the Clippers have proven last year that they're good enough. They beat that Jazz team without Kawhi Leonard in those last two games. So they're good enough in, in certain matchups to, to win, right? Like that. They don't need. They don't necessarily need Kawhi to get out of a first round to be like one hundred percent. That's kind of what I meant by the house money thing, right? Like if we get to yeah. the first round, we know we can get to the second round without Kawhi. We also have added a couple guys who can handle the ball at different positions, and Ty Lue has done a great job of tinkering with small ball lineups and stuff like that. So, I mean, without Kawhi, this team is still a second round team, I think. But with Kawhi, if he comes in and we're peaking at the right time, and Kawhi's not going to come back when Kawhi, you know, if he's not ready, right? <laughs> like, there's no rushing Kawhi Leonard to come back for the Clippers. We're telling him anything, it seems. Yeah, like, like he's <laughs> – you can't even text the guy. Like, it's, it's totally <laughs> fine. Like, so if he, if he comes back, I'll feel great because he's fully ready and feels 100% good to go. Some of this hinges on Serge Ibaka's health, too. Um, that was fully mismanaged last season in the way that I see it. But I still think we got a great coach, and I think when you're missing a guy like Kawhi Leonard – um, the coach comes more into play than in the Jason Kidd scenario. We already have everybody who's great. You got yeah, Luka, right. he's healthy. So I think, you know, Ty Lue coaching with his back to the wall is not a coach that I would ever want to go against. So I, I feel pretty confident. Fully healthy Clippers will be the favorites in the West. So if they're yeah. fully healthy in May, appreciate you. Uh, cool. Like if they're fully healthy, if they're fully healthy in May, cool. Like then, the, then they're right back there at where we thought they were last year and where they were last year, quite frankly, uh, until things went a little sideways. Best case scenario for the Portland Trailblazers, Mike Richmond, to win the title. Best case oh, for them man. to win. It. Make <laughs> oh, some, man. make some kind of case. Okay, okay. Here it is. Here it they is. They made the it. Western Conference Finals a couple years ago. I recall. Sure. Um, <laughs> they did. I, I was, yeah. Uh, CJ McCollum, the first thirteen games last year, averaged twenty-seven, five and six. Seventy-five games of CJ McCollum averaging twenty-seven, five and six. That's a big ask. He's a pretty good basketball player. That's step one. Step two is that Damon Lord is the MVP of the league. Uh, mm. Even if he doesn't win MVP, that he's one of the three best players in the league. And um, you start putting him ahead of Steph Curry when you're talking about the best point guards in the game or whatever position you think Luka plays. Um, <laughs> the, the positions are getting less useful every year. Um, so those two dudes at their absolute peak, 80 games of Nurk, healthy. And the those three healthy in 80 games and and then the the small upgrades they make if it all clicks if like they were horrific on defense last year and if the additions of zeller and larry nance jr make them effective on defense and now they can go small in the playoffs or they can stay big like they can play a bunch of different shapes and their two their two guards are at their absolute peak like we've seen cj just shoot the blazers through a playoff series uh you know 37 in game 7 in denver like he is when he's on he's been good we he's also had some real stinkers in the playoffs so it's it looks it's something like that um i <laughs> i don't know i don't think this team i don't know i don't think this poo-poo team is mike richard just poo poo yeah. Listen, they can do it. They can do it. They need help. Every every championship team gets lucky. And That's this true. this best case scenario Blazer team will need some luck as well. <laughs> yeah, they, they would have to have a collective step forward, I think, right? Maybe maybe the chemistry and the continuity of all those guys. They've played together for a little while now. Robert Covington now has been there right. you know, a little bit. Obviously, the, the three main guys. And, yeah, and they, maybe Chauncey Billups is a crazy good coach. You know? Yeah. I mean, he was great for the Clippers. He helped a bunch of development guys. Like, you might take that collective step forward. I don't know. 
We'll end there with the uh. Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> that's a that's, good way. That to... sound is how I feel. Let's move on to the Denver Nuggets. The the best case scenario for them to be a title contender. It's Jamal Murray comes. I mean, it's obvious. It's Jamal Murray comes back, and that team, if Jamal Murray's at full strength, is a title contender. They Absolutely. they really are with with Jamal Murray with you know Jokic obviously with Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon like that. That is a four, core four right there that can make the the finals. Like outside of Jamal Murray coming back and looking good, like maybe they get away enough. Like with Jamal Murray being 50% or 75% and find the right matchup and they could still get there. But yeah, if Jamal Murray comes back and he looks good in March, or if he comes back in February, they, they inch him along a little bit and he's full go for the playoffs. Then that's a team that none of, none of us want to play. Yeah. That's, that's one of the, that's one of the three best teams in the West. If they're, if, if they're ready to roll, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. Like I said, I'm kind of a Utah jazz. I'm a known Utah jazz hater. So uh, I'm a big believer in the nuggets. <laughs> And it's they a, have it's to... a good thing. That's a good thing our boss doesn't like cover yeah. them and like live free. <laughs> Locke knows the score of the game. He knows. He's heard the he, pod. His team got trashed in the contenders pod, by the way, on Monday. All right, good. Well, of course. <laughs> uh well, so like the Jazz, the Nuggets are gonna be one of those teams where the regular season matters a whole lot more, where they can't be four, five, six in that seeding area. Like they need to be a top three seed or something like that to really feel comfortable going in. Like, you know, like the Clippers seat us anywhere as long as we're peaking the right time it's fine but this this nuggets team needs that same with the the jazz like the jazz is gonna be the number one seed no one is going to care because <laughs> it's true it's like great yeah you're a good regular team that's fantastic but i just, you're gonna fall when it matters right <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. that was a met- that mic drop was a metaphor <laughs> yeah i just i just don't see the nuggets i mean obviously the talent's there right and the coaching's there but it's they need a lot of luck too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, the Golden State Warriors, the best case scenario for them to be a title contender. It's Clay Thompson comes back, and Clay Thompson looks like nothing ever happened. He brushes right. it off his shoulder. Him and Rocco are just like canoeing or kayaking down a river, and everything just is <laughs> fine again, right? If that, if if let's say let's let's run into this hypothetical. If Clay Thompson is back, how good can this team be? Or do we think that this is a title contender when he comes back? I'm a little shaky on their depth. So I worry about them in the regular season more than the playoffs. So if they're healthy and they get to the playoffs, they're scary because they can play their dudes a bunch. But I, I worry a little bit in the regular season, um, uh, you know, with no do- disrespect to like Nemanja Belitsa and Otto Porter Jr. Like I, I just. <laughs> those are their big additions, right? Right. Well, yeah. And I think those are upgrades from what they had last year. And I really like Jordan Poole. I think he's going to go nuts this year. Um, he's, he, he's just a really good offensive player. But like, I worry that, you know, 70% of clay in the regular season is, is, is more detrimental than a 70% clay in the playoffs when it's just like, Hey, the thing I'm best at is I can just go, I can shoot us out of a game. Um, so yeah, that would be my worry for them. Yeah, I think if Clay's defense is like because Clay's offense, I'm not really worried about that looking any sure. different. We know what he can do, but his defense has kind of been overrated. I think I'm not saying he's a bad defender, but people kind of pretend that Clay Dobson is like a very like elite kind of perimeter defender, and he's not. He's very good, but coming off an injury, that's kind of the thing that takes the longest time, right? Is getting back to that defensive rhythm, and he's with kind of a whole new other than like Draymond and. Um, you know, Steph, like new guys that he's playing with. So I think learning the system will be interesting. They added Kenny Atkinson, who's a really good assistant coach. I think he's going to help. But yeah, I mean, they got to hope that Clay just hits the ground running and is absolutely ready to go and that Steph stays healthy. I just, I'm not sure how, how in I am on the Warriors. 2019 Clay, though, like if we're just fully hypothetical, they're a team that could win a championship, right? Like 2019 Clay with Steph and Draymond now, like I think they are. I worry about, injury, yeah. I worry about their like playoff rotation. If you get okay, you have you have Steph, Clay, Draymond. You throw Wiggins in there. Want to kind of Henderson? I you guess. Got Looney. Looney. Looney's a good player. Jordan like, Poole's going to play a bunch. Yeah, Looney's a nightmare in the playoffs. He's That's eight players right there. Play. Maybe one of those young guys steps up. Moody, Kuminga, like and maybe Otto Porter Jr. Nemanja Bjelica, but. Yeah, that, that that's interesting. But it all depends it all depends on Clay, right? We all just talked about that as if he's going to come back. So, last one here, the Philadelphia 76ers best case scenario to make this team a title contender. If Ben Simmons comes back and he just plays, are they a title contender anyway? I don't think like I don't think they Absolutely are. Absolutely not. They are not a title contender. And I hate to sound like a broken record, but it starts with the head coach. Um, <laughs> this is they're insane. not a t- they can't he can't motivate them. They lost to the Hawks. Like they're not going to win a title with Doc Rivers. 
Do you know best the GM survey? He got a vote for best motivator of people. Yeah, him and Tibbs voted and for in-game each adjustments. other. Best in-game adjustments. Best in-game adjustments. Him and Tibbs voted for each other. Um, <laughs> no, like he can't motivate guys, and they were what they were a very high seed. Like that's great, but they're not beating the Bucks. They're not beating this whatever we're looking at in Giannis right now is like a human being on a level <laughs> of basketball play. Like they're not going to beat him. They couldn't beat the Hawks, who were going to be maybe better and more confident next season. Like. They need Ben Simmons to come back and somehow be excited to play for the, the 76ers, which, like, is going to be a miracle. Like, in what world is Ben Simmons somehow back with them and is, like, happy to be there? Like, I just I just don't think it's happening. Is yeah, there I a mean, chance that we get a Joel Embiid, Andre Drummond, Twin Tower scenario where they just zig <laughs> while everyone else is zagging? And <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I mean, being being big works. Um, it might not work through the whole playoff, so being big helps. I don't think that big would work. Isn't the best case scenario is that uh, Pascal Siakam is on the roster or something like that? You know, like I was, that's who, that's a, that they best case scenario they trade Ben Simmons. For yeah, is that they ball. actually land the fish that they've been trying to get? You know, they finally they get Moby Dick and whatever it, whatever that looks like. <laughs> uh, they get seven. 17 first round picks and Christian James McCollum from uh, the Portland Trailblazers <laughs> with CJ. Like, let's just say they get CJ McCollum, a couple of draft picks or something. Is that team, Mike, do you think that team is good enough to win a title, get to the finals? Good enough. Yes. But I wouldn't pick them. Like, like they would be, they're, they're the third best team in the East. And if you're the third best team in the conference, you probably have a chance to win a championship just by virtue of talent. Um, but I, I think the two teams in the East are maybe the best two teams in the league. So I think the middle of the East is good. And Milwaukee and Brooklyn are very, 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 very hard to deal with. Um, Particularly if either, if, if any two of the stars in Brooklyn are healthy in the playoffs, that's a nightmare. There you go. Those are the best case scenarios for these teams to become title contenders. We will have more for you. This is the locked on round table on the Odyssey NBA season preview. Dallas Mavericks, um, I'm lukewarm on Dallas Mavericks. Better than they were last year. Um, not a, not sure that they're at that level yet. But Luka, probably top three MVP this year. And can he convince everyone on that team to really enjoy playing with Luka? I think the, the NBA allowing some physicality back into the game will help Luka in some areas and could hurt him, you know, like not getting to the free throw line as much. But... I think Luca. I think Luca takes advantage of of a more physical game. So Luca Doncic is going to lead this team. I think they're a year older. I do think the Dallas Mavericks will win the first round of a playoff series. L.A. Clippers. I'm a little bit less bullish about. I know they got some really good players. I love T. Lou as a coach, um, but without Kawhi Leonard, I think the wear and tear that it's going to put on your team is going to be a lot. I could see them finishing in the playing tournament. I could see them losing the playing tournament to a hungry young team like New Orleans or even a Memphis, if that's how it all finishes out. So the Clippers, even if they do make the first round, I can't see them getting out of the first round. But uh, they, they're they're probably at some point going to develop some young players, and they'll be really good the following year because Kawhi Leonard will be back, and some of these other players will take on more responsibilities. Moving on to the Denver Nuggets, I am super bullish on the Denver Nuggets. Jamal Murray comes back, and they gave Michael Porter Jr. $200 million for a reason. I, I, I'm assuming he looks amazing in pickup games, all the preseason workouts. So the Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic, who makes everyone on his team better. They get Aaron Gordon back. I love what they have. I think the absence of Jamal Murray these last couple of months, whenever he comes back, will actually help uh, the Denver Nuggets, and it will help Nikola Jokic as well. So I'm bullish on the Nuggets being a really difficult out in the playoffs. Maybe see him, if Jamal Murray comes back to what he was, maybe seeing him go on to be a team that uh, could go to the Western Conference Finals. And the Portland Trailblazers, not high on this team at all. Um, could definitely looking at a first round. I just don't think they did enough. I like their players. If I was Neil O'Shea, I would I would break it up now before next year because I think you can get a first round pick for CJ McCollum, for uh, Norman Powell, uh, Robert Covington. Obviously, what what the, what what kind of bag can you get for a Damian Lillard trade? So I think they're going to just be okay. I'm not sure they're championship level, and I'd be curious if they ever enter into the discussion of literally like breaking it down, 
halfway through the year. It all comes back to Damian Lillard and how happy he is. All right, we're back with the Locked On Roundtable, the Odyssey NBA season preview. Nick Angstead covering Locked On Mavs, Charles Mockler covering the Clippers, and Mike Richmond covering the Blazers. The biggest misconception for your team, we'll start with the Dallas Mavericks. And this may be, this is one that I think has been overblown a little bit with you know, Mavs fans, we've maybe gone, they've maybe gone a little bit too far in one direction, but Luka Doncic is not a bad defender. I, I think that some people outside of, of Mavs world, outside of, I think somebody maybe even on this podcast has mentioned that he's a bad defender. Uh, he's not. He's a, he's a pretty solid defender. He can hold his own. He's smart. He's pr- really strong, too. It's really hard to, to push him. And so maybe that's not, that's not the biggest misconception, but I wanted to get that off my chest real quick here. He's he's in the way that James Harden is not a terrible defender. Luka exactly. Doncic is not a terrible defender. Strong, really good hands, really smart. Is he does he have incredible lateral quickness and like a great desire to lock people down on defense? No. no. But Luka Doncic is gigantic and strong. Like that's if you're going to be bad on defense, that's the that's the formula you would want. Uh, the other option is to be a six foot three guard from a small college. You will get roasted. I've seen it. <laughs> and he's yeah, not I think- that. <laughs> I think Lucas thing is if he gets a bigger guy matched up on him and they get him into the post and just start kind of banging it around, it might be a little dicey, but no, he's not a complete sieve or anything like that. Like I think he's, he's yeah. I would rather get Luca in the post. Honestly, I feel like that's where he would like his skills even show up better where he's just like, that's fair. Cause he's just a monster. I'm going to throw in a bonus one real quick. And that's that Christoph Porzingis is not trash, right? Like I think the conversation has gone in certain places where Porzingis was just, he's that player that he was against the Clippers in the playoffs this past season, right? He's not that. He's not just resigned to sit in the corner. He can still score. He can still do stuff that nobody else really can. And Charles, you remember the year before last that Porzingis was really good in that Clippers series. He had, Absolutely. 38, he had yeah, a 38 yeah. point game. He did. He averaged like 21 a game last year. He did. He's averaged 20 points a game during the regular season. So it's not like he's That's a terrible player. Yeah, it's like he's, he's terrible, but he averaged 21 a game last year. So no, he no, doesn't. No, he's terrible, but he averages 21, but there's no eye test that this man passes. <laughs> There's no, like, I like analytics, I like the other side of the ball, but like Chris Stapps, when it's going well, you're still like, all right, this is going to drop off a cliff at some point. And then the other side of the ball, will just hunt him out. And I think he gets demoralized by getting picked on on defense, like, which makes total sense. You kind of like to see that pride and not wanting that happen. But I think that kind of gets to him. And I mean, now that he has more freedom under Jason Kidd to post up and take these long twos, like, let's go for it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to best biggest misconception for the Los Angeles Clippers. I think the biggest misconception is that this team can't compete in any way without Kawhi Leonard. Um, we have Terrence Mann, who took a step in the playoffs, and hopefully that will continue uh, in the regular season as well. We added uh, Eric Bledsoe, who's going to be a phenomenal defender and really help out the pace and is just more available than Patrick Beverly, so he's already more useful than him. Um, we are going to need Reggie Jackson to kind of step it up. Uh, Marcus Morris as well. Nick Batum, the same thing. But the pieces are there. And I think the biggest misconception is that they're going to be kind of a fringe playoff team. Um, Ty Lue still, I think, kind of gets disrespected by the average NBA fan in terms of how good a coaching he is. But we'll see what happens. I don't want to harp on the schedule too much, but it's definitely against us this year. But I think, yeah, I just think the biggest misconception is that the Clippers can't be a, you know, a, a top four seed. Yeah, I mean, they're they they did it in the playoffs. I'm a believer. I'm not like in the way Appreciate that I think. You. Like in the way that I think, like Luca plus fine is. It, it might sound like an insult to the Mavericks. Like I really do believe it. Like Luca plus a fine roster, you're going to be really good. And He's I kind of so just think, yeah. I just think the war or the Warriors. I just think the Clippers have like a a bunch of competent dudes who are six eight. And if you that is a great combination of just like. <laughs> We're going to play twenty one basketball. Yeah, we're just going to put out a bunch of six foot eight dudes who are pretty good. Um, Nick Batum, if you don't ask him to be your your third best player, if you, you ask him to be your fourth best player, he is incredible. Um, Marcus Morris is one of the great shooters in the league. Like they're they they can play. I'm not worried. If about Luke Kennard gets hot, like now that Luke Kennard has a role figured out, we have another sniper who we can actually learn how to use. Like it's you know it's it's going to be interesting. Nick Batum cost Luca a playoff series last year and a medal. Oh yeah, with that. So Nick Batum and Terrence Mann, Luca does not like the Clippers. Like he does not like the Clippers, (laughs) which is a fun time. Biggest misconception for the Portland Trailblazers? Maybe it's that they're a contender. (laughs) Yeah, they shouldn't have been in this group on the podcast. Um, (laughs) 
No, it's probably that the only it's probably that the only problem last year was the coaching. Uh, I, I think the coaching was a problem last year, and I think they probably shouldn't have been the set 29th in defense, and they certainly shouldn't have lost the opening round playoff series to Faku Kompazo and Austin Rivers. Um, I understand that the MVP was on that team, but you saw he, who he was passing to. Um, it's yeah, I, I think that it's like that the fix is on the sideline. I, the fix has to come the the players play. I'm a believer in talent. And I think the Blazers are, didn't take enough step forward to kind of mitigate some of their issues. I think they're going to have some similar problems that they had last year, which is like, they're not a particularly good defensive group. Are they going to be pretty good again? Yeah. I think there's a playoff team. Like I think it's like a bankable playoff team. Um, It's just, I don't think, you know, we've talked about it. Do can they possibly take a step forward is, is the real question. Is Stotts seat hot at all? What's the situation with that? Where are you at on that? This kind of Stotts? He's Stotts yeah. is hella fired, bro. He's unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He is. His seat is as hot as it can be. <laughs> no, he says, and he doesn't have one. They He's took burning. his seat away. Yeah. <laughs> gave it to Chauncey. I'll take that out. Um, all right. All right. Let's move over to the Denver Nuggets. I think we've we've already sort of talked about maybe their biggest misconception, but. Michael Porter Jr. is not a star in waiting. He got a couple votes for in the GM survey as somebody ready for a breakout year. He averaged like 20 points a game last year. I think that's breaking out enough, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, what are they expecting? Like, is he going to be like a 30-point scorer somehow with the other guys? Like, but I think I the really misconception care. is that he's a star in waiting. I think he's already kind of there. Mike, Mike you were kind of our, his biggest champion on this on the show so far. I'm a um, believer. I, I just think shooting and size is is really valuable in the league, and he's got both of them. Uh, isn't the biggest misconception is that like Nikola Jokic was is like is not one of the five best players in the NBA? Like, I think it, that's totally. I mean, yeah. he won MVP, so does does that give him enough credit now, or is there when, more that we have to give him? Do you, I mean, I guess it's like who are you sampling from? But it's like I don't yeah. think he gets the he's the best player in the league that people don't think is good. Or people are going to remember that among, MVP. Not good. That's like which um, is weird. Like people yeah. are going to be like, "Oh, he won an MVP." Like, yeah, he was true, very yeah. clearly the best player that year. Yeah, he was the best player in the league. He was the best player at his position. Like he says, "Yeah, I, I don't know." Is is the biggest misconception that the Nuggets like um, are maybe is like not a contender? Is that it? Like I don't know. I, I think people, yeah, we can't write them. The, like I see a lot of times, and, and I, we're capable or guilty of this too we just write off oh clippers nuggets you know warriors they have injured stars okay they're just a tier mm-hmm. below and i don't think that's the case for the nuggets because their their star that's hurt is not the best play, you know it's not <laughs> yeah. their best player and their yeah. star that's healthy is help improves maybe as much as anyone in the league lifts up uh you know kind of okay guys to elevates them to to good like he can dude makes magic he's um he too has taken real steps on defense to be um, just a, like a totally, re- totally reasonable defensive player mixed with otherworldly offensive skills. And they locked up everyone they needed to in the offseason. Like they, sure. they made really solid moves for that team that make a lot of sense. So they are kind of in between like potential and actual contenders. And I think what's getting in the way of that will again be the seeding. Like I think one and two is going to be Utah and the Lakers because they really need those spots. But I mean, yeah, if they can float while everyone's out, it'll it'll be interesting. Let's move on to the Golden State Warriors. Biggest misconception for them. Man, I think we, let's just go around the table. We could say a couple of them here. Uh, my, the first one that came to mind for me is that Wiggins is bad. I don't think Andrew Wiggins <laughs> is a bad player, but we think of him as he was the number one pick. He has this huge contract. He's definitely not worth the contract that he is. But if he was getting paid like $10, $12 million, we'd be like, oh, man, that's a that's a really good player for what they're getting sure. for that money. So. <laughs> Uh, the expectations for him and the contract make him seem like a worse player than he actually is. There's, there maybe is a bigger misconception than that though. Yeah. I don't, it's like, Hmm. It might be Wiggins. It might be Wiggins. I, I might I might join you on that one. It might be another, Wiggins. Another is it Wiggins or hoping that Clay is going to be fully ready? Like, I don't know. Oh, some people think he's ready for, the, like, the start of the season. There's maybe. this <laughs> assumption that he's, like, just when he hits the ground, it's just going to be 100% yeah. Clay. I did I'm see like, him in a preseason yeah. game during warm-ups make a three right in front of me. He said oh. well, he, he got up off the bench. He's in his full uniform with a headband on. He said, watch this. And he hit a one-legged three and walked, <laughs> to, the, and walked to the back. So he's ready. I seen him. I saw him with my own two All eyes. Right. He was, like, four feet from me. <laughs> he didn't tell you that he lived the whole way back to the locker room <laughs> i did yeah. yeah i didn't i didn't he watch his gate after that yeah uh this team was also a really good defensive team last year i think we think right. of the warriors and the offense and steph curry and we forget that this team was like what top five defensively last year that maybe is a misconception that people don't realize 
Uh, and they should be back there again this year. Yeah, they'll be right back. And if Wiseman takes a step forward, they could be better. Like they're they're gonna be good. Last and team, last question for us is the Philadelphia 76ers. Biggest misconception that they're, that they're just on hold until Ben Simmons happens, right? Like I think that people don't even we're not even talking about them until then something with Ben Simmons happens. Yeah, isn't the biggest misconception is that they can actually pull this off? Like that this has a <laughs> like that this has a yeah. resolution, you know? Like it, there's a chance that they blew it. They blew yeah, it. Yeah, how they does made, this end? Is this just the messiest to... divorce in the history of a young super quasi superstar's career like in the history of North American sports? <laughs> it's up there. It's I mean, it's really it's we thought the James Harden stuff was messy, um and it might just because of James Harden's style, which is like um, go to the club and make sure you're on social media, but like during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, it's, it's hard to see how this ends and it's hard. To, it's hard to see that this gets a good resolution. Like it, it, everyone knows what they're after. And Daryl Morey is obsessed with not losing trades. Uh, best of luck to you, Daryl. You've been very good at it to this point. Let's see you do it again. My dude. And the local media is not helping anything in Philadelphia. Like you have like weatherman talking shit on Ben Simmons <laughs> on their local broadcast and all this stuff where it's like, so the city doesn't even want him back. And like Philadelphia prides themselves on being like really rude fans to their team. <laughs> um, and so I just, yeah, I mean, I don't know where he ends up, but I don't think the Sixers are winning that trade. There you go. Biggest misconceptions for all the teams. We are Nick Engstead covering the Dallas Mavericks. Subscribe to the Locked On Mavericks podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Charles Mockler covering the Los Angeles Clippers, Locked On Clippers, wherever you get your podcasts. And Portland Trailblazers, Locked On Blazers. Mike Richmond, your past first point guard, every single day holding it down on YouTube and on the podcast as well. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us. The Odyssey Locked On NBA Ultimate Preview podcast thing that we're doing now. Hi guys, it's Josh Lloyd here from the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, looking at the fantasy value of the teams that we've just discussed. Philadelphia is really interesting. Of course, with no Ben Simmons, it's very hard to understand how that rotation is going to work in a number of ways. If Simmons just holds out, then Tyrese Maxey gets a bump in value and probably is a top 100 player this year. It helps Joel Embiid. It helps Tobias Harris get a lot more value. It probably helps someone like Seth Curry. I really like getting Maxey late. But of course, if Simmons is traded and other players come back, we have no idea what those players are going to be. Is it going to be a point guard pushing Maxey back to the bench? That could end up being a bust of a pick. I'd still happily do it with Tyrese. But I also just understand that there is some variability there. For the Warriors, Steph's going to be a top three pick in your most formats. He's going to be great. Draymond Green was a top 20 player over the final three months of last season. So a little bit of sneaky value there. Andrew Wiggins continues to just sort of be Andrew Wiggins. There's not a huge amount to excite me about with him. I'm not drafting Clay Thompson. Yeah, he's going to miss two to three months, be on limited minutes and back-to-back rest as he comes back. It's not worth it in my opinion. And then someone like a James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. I just don't see a role large enough for any of those guys to be draftable fantasy players. For Dallas, I really want to see how Jason Kidd uses Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis is probably being a little bit undervalued in drafts. I think Tim Hardaway is also being a bit undervalued late, but their mishmash of centers with Dwight Powell and Muxy Kleber and Willie Cauley-Stein and Moses Brown probably takes the value away from all of those guys. Luka gets overdrafted in category leagues. He's not a guy that I would take in the top three. Top eight, no problem. In a points league in the top three, absolutely fine. With the Clippers, without um, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George becomes like a first-round option. Reggie Jackson gets a boost. Um, Eric Bledsoe is someone I take a flyer on late. Looks like he's going to be starting. Terrence Mann is a guy you can take that uh, option on late as well. Nick Batum, Marcus Morris. They've got a bunch of guys that you can grab with the later picks to see how it pans out. But really, in terms of top-end players, we're looking just at Paul George. For the Nuggets, Jokic is the consensus number one fantasy player in all formats. Don't overthink that. I'm not drafting Jamal Murray because I just don't think he's going to be back to play enough games. I'm also not drafting Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers, as we mentioned earlier. Michael Porter Jr. could push into a second round option. And I think you're taking a late flyer on a Monty Morris. Deeper leagues, maybe a Bones Highland. Faku Kampazzo, if you need some assists and some steals, late can be an option there as well. And I also think Will Barton's being a little bit undervalued for Denver. If we look at the last team on this list, the Portland Trailblazers, Lillard is a really solid top six, top seven player. CJ is in that 50 zone. If he does get traded, that might help him, but it might also hurt him depending on what team he goes to. I think Yusuf Nurkic, we're finally going to see more minutes out of him. He played like 25 a night last year. Billups should be playing him more. He, I think, is going to become a steal. 
think Larry Nance is really solid at the end of drafts. There is a risk that Norman Powell is maybe getting overdrafted in some situations. Just need to watch to see if he doesn't go too high. And then Covington always is a guy that tends to slide down draft boards, but puts up really, really strong numbers. So I'm excited about what he's going to be able to do for this upcoming season. For daily coverage on all six of these teams and more, check out the Locked On NBA Podcast Network wherever you're listening to this podcast or check us out on YouTube. Tune in tomorrow as we continue our Ultimate NBA Preview Podcast series, deep diving on the On The Rise teams, a group of teams with young stars and a lot to prove. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.